Welcome to episode 178 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, guys, so welcome along to episode 178 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. See, I just took my shades off. Nice. Because I was in Australia about 12 hours ago, and when I was, it was 31 degrees. You come home, wasn't too bad back home. It started pouring. It started raining, though. Yeah, just the love in this relationship. I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com. Get on it for the best coffee. It's a pretty exciting time, isn't it? Because we're going to be drinking lots of coffee in the next couple of weeks, aren't we? Trybuys.com. Get on there for the deals of the century. Do you used to watch Sound of the Century? Sale of the Century nice. with Steve Parr and Jude Dobson. Yep. And Athlinks.com. Social network for endurance athletes for all your results, tracking, and social needs. So this week's show, we've got a bit of news. We've got an age group of the week, a pretty good age group of the week. Solid. High five. Where'd that one come from? Romeo. Romeo? Yeah. It's a big high five. It's actually it's a high, high team. Yeah. Maybe we should split it. No, we'll do it. Okay. We're a bit thin on content. Okay, week. we've got a website of the week. We've got some questions and answers, and that's pretty much the show. It's thin. News is, <laughs> it's a bit thin. News is brought to you by xtry.com. Check out xtry for the latest news, reviews, interviews with the stars, and to see the latest picture of John and I, or at least when John has photos without me in there. It's a love. Okay, so results this week. Well, we had a few races, but no Ironman specific races. Well, red, the, no, no, the Red Man was uh, Iron Distance. Yeah, but I mean, not, w- not, not yeah, WTC. WTC. So we had the Red Man. And the results for the red man—that's the one where they have the, uh, the they have a red. The, the logo is like a. But this is the official American USAT long course championships. Nice. Yeah. So I wonder if that has any cred. I'm thinking probably not. No, I'd probably say, not. I'd say people would probably look at Iron Iron Man results more. Especially than because Big Balls Racing came forth. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, so I'm thinking there must be a team. It sounded like uh, I read a quick report, and it sounded like the weather was pretty, uh, pretty ordinary. So they had to battle through some some pretty tough conditions, a lot of rain, quite a few potholes and stuff on on the day because of the rain. But taking it out with a pretty convincing victory was Rodney Atkinson. Ad- yep, nine hours twenty forty. Second, Christoph Lindgend in 9.45. And third, Andy Pelle in 9.50. And then Big Bulls Racing. <laughs> Big Bulls Racing. fourth in 10.17. That is sensational, isn't it? It is. It is. And Girls the girl side of things. Oh, Deborah, here we go. You, you know I'm hopeless of names. Don't, <laughs> don't give De- me that crap. Give, uh, Deborah Bettiger, 11.18. Caro Lim, 11.45. And Sarah Breer, 11.45.49 oh, only 14 seconds between uh, second and third what's so. ironic is that old Rodney Atkinson can basically say he's America's champ that's right yeah would you do that would you do that race with the idea that you could say you're America's champ not with the idea of doing America's champ I'd do, I'd do a different well, race he's, he's the champion of America okay, yes. he's Good currently f- the best I understand it's triathlete in America that's nice yeah so there we go well okay. done what else we had? The Savage Man results. So we've got the girls up first. Savage Man is a half iron distance race, and apparently uh, it has the toughest bike course imaginable. And somebody sent us through an email saying that there's a hill on there that's 33%. Now, I'd struggle to suggest that many people can get up a hill that's walking, 30, 33%. So if that's true. Well, when we did our Epic Camp in Arthur's Pass, what's that? Oh, that's hubby. That's it's like, only like 19%, isn't it? It's only like 19 or 20. And, and people walk that? Yeah. So 33%, I, I would say you'd need a triple, um, and a lot of people wouldn't get up it. So, uh, but, it, but but you look at the bike times, and it, it does look like a tough day at the office. Uh, Susan Williams, who's a former Olympian, um, did 253 on the bike, and total time for the race, she took it out in 456. So that's, that's a slow time for a half iron distance. And Tara race. took 306, and she's a pretty strong bike. Oh, Tara's there, I didn't see that. Yeah. yeah, so very tough day at the office. Margaret Shapiro, second. Lynn Bassett, third. And Tara... I think, I wonder if I have a nickname for her. Tara Norton in fourth, anyway. The Tara of the Norton, mm. as we'll call her. Tara of the Norton. Oh, here we go. And the men's born Anderson took it out, and he took 2.42. And Bjorn is a bit of a bit of an animal on the on a, on a fast course, what would he do? About 2.14? Well, on Iron Distance Race at, at Taupo, he, he rides um, about, he's in about 4.30. On, on Taupo, that's very, very fast. He's yeah. averaging 40k an hour, and he, he had like a 13-minute lead over Brownies, so... Bjorn's one of the strongest riders in the sport. But he was beaten by Josh Beck. No, he wasn't. He was first. On the bike? On the bike he was. Maybe yeah, four maybe, minutes. Maybe it was his pacing strategy. 
What word? Well, I'm, 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 th- I'm thinking that's incorrect, actually, that time, because you look at that guy's swim, and he did 38 minutes, and I think that's probably incorrect. So I'd say they, they mucked up his splits there. Uh-huh. But anyway, Bjorn won it, and it's great to see Bjorn winning races because he's a bloody legend on the bike, and uh, he, we often, he often gets a lot of crap for not finishing, so good to see him win. Josh Beck was second, and Rick Hallard was third. That guy, Rick Hallard, I remember him from last year. Go on, John, tell me he, about him. Um, he won like... funny ears, you know, when you get off the plane? I can't actually yeah. hear you probably. Okay, maybe I should speak up a bit. No, 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 that's um, okay. I remember him from last year. He won like a couple of iron distance races in a row in Canada. So good on him for getting up there. That's, that's pretty good that you remember that because it's kind of random. It was like a year ago. Yeah. Okay, then, so we also had Cancun 70.3. Interesting thing here, Michaeli Jones still racing. Don't know whether she's racing Kona. She but last um, year too, didn't she? Yeah, I'd yeah. be interested to see if she does Kona. Don't think she's going to be up to cut the mustard to, to muscle out with um, with Chrissy, but it'll be really interesting to see if she, she goes back there to, to see how well she can do. And the boys sort of things? Oscar Galindez. Oscar Galindez took it out, pretty much dominated the dojo. Yeah, he won it two years ago. Nice. Didn't win it this year. Or last year. Okay, and then we've got Slow Twitch. Oh, so John was loving it. John. They did this last year too. And you love it, don't you, John? I do love it. It's like the highlight. It's better than Christmas for you, isn't it? It is. It's Christmas come at once. So we talked about it last year. Uh, if you want, Bevan's ears are just ringing. <laughs> oh man, it hurts. Uh, if you want to just do a bit of triathlon history reading, go to Slow Twitch this this week, and it's got all the top tens for all the years of Ironman um, in Kona. It's fantastic. It goes all the way back to 1978. So when did it start getting fast? 84 was the first sub nine. Oh, so between. Oh no, yep, 84 was the first sub nine. So Dave Scott got the 8, 40, 54, and 84. And then the next year, so it's just slowly getting faster and faster. Oh, no, 86 was a big jump. So it went from uh, 50 down to sub 830. Nice. And then we go, yes, it's around 830 for a few years. And then 89. Yeah, 89. And then uh, a few years later we had... Then it just stays the same. It just then, From there on in, it really just depends on weather conditions in the day, really. And, um, yeah, but didn't we have a... Well, yeah, no, um, Belgian man... Yeah, 804, uh, look, we Yeah. Yeah. And that was an exceptional day. All the times were very fast then. It must suck when you beat the record, like Thomas Hellregal <clears> got 806, beat the record, but you still come second. Well, that's fantastic. I mean, you look at Thomas Hellregal there in 1996. He, he rode two, uh, 424. Wow. And then he ran a 246 for somebody who's really not classified as a runner. And well, I was looking at it last year. Crow only did 245. Yeah. So for Hellregal to run a 246, it was just exceptional. He's a bit of a slow swimmer, wasn't he? The swim cost him, didn't it, really, at the end of the day? Because he, well, he rode up to Van Laird that year, and Van Laird sort of um, hung, hung with him for the majority of the ride. Really? So um, Van Laird was pretty exceptional, and we hear he's in reasonable form making a comeback this year. Well, they're both still racing, and that was, that, yeah. well, that was you know, 13 years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. So, not too shabby. Get on there, slowtwitch.com this week, and you can see all the top 10. It'd be pretty cool to have your name in the history books, eh? It would be. Yeah, it would be pretty cool. Okay, then, so we're coming out this weekend. What have we got? The Chesapeake Man, which is an iron distance race in the States. Yep. We'll have a roving reporter flip there. He'll send us a bit Good of an update. Flipster. will send us a report in there. Also, the Alba Man, which is a cool race. Um, been on for a couple of years now on an island off Italy. So if you're looking for an end-of-season race next year, check out these races. Well, so we've got an email through from good old Adam Himes, and it's a really interesting idea, isn't it? So he was talking about a race that they had. What's it called? It's called the... The Burrito Onion 10-Hour Triathlon. No, Union 10-Hour Triathlon. But basically what they do is you have a 600-metre swim, a 14-mile bike ride. What's that, about 20k? Yep. About 20k, yep. And then a 5k trail run. And you have the idea is that with a 10-hour period, you can do as many laps as you can as possible. Yeah. Now, they did teams and individual. But the amazing thing was the guy who won it did eight laps, didn't he? Nine, Nine laps. Nine laps. It looked like there was a bit of a strategy involved there. Tell me. Because it sounds like you have to... When, when the 10 hours comes up... Oh, you've got to be at the start of it. And you've got to be at the start it. once. Yeah. You've got to, he, it looked like he just made the start of the, the, the ninth one. Uh-huh. So the other guys were only just behind him, and then he got on there and the other... So he just could get in the water and then, it's, and then just crew time. Yeah, and he did. Like His last one was, was like 10 minutes or 15 oh, was, minutes. Well, so. when, when his email came through, I actually sat down and worked out the distances, and it was, it was longer than an Ironman, and... He did pretty well. We did. Uh, somebody said you on You start here, talking, John, and I think, I'll do. I think uh, yeah, doing eight was the equivalent to maybe a sub-10 hour, uh, something like that. So we doing swam nine was solid. 5,400 metres. Yeah. And then 14 miles. So you, what, what's that miles-wise? Uh, 1.6. Wait a second. 14 miles is 22.5 Ks. So 22.5 times nine. Bike 202. And then five times nine. 45. 
So he did over an Ironman, but he did it in eleven and a half, about eleven twenty because he just oh, got out. And he's cruising last so one. So he basically did eight in uh, ten hours. So that's pretty good. Pretty solid. Yeah, it's pretty solid. It and, like, and it's a different race, eh? Oh, it's a fantastic concept. Well, where's the results? We've got the results here. We've got, oh, to, we've got to give some love to the, okay, the guys okay. that won. Um, so I'd, I'd love to do something like that. It'd yeah, be, this is fantastic. <laughs> oh no, we can't. Why not? Well, I was able to. I was able to read those results. Oh, you keep talking in bloody Max. How do you reckon you'd go? It's not a Mac, it's a Windows program, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no idea how to do it, but I think you'd have to take a pacing strategy. Look, When I was looking through the results, it looked like there was three guys sort of level pegging for the first three, well, the results, you can go to itiming.com and you can see the results on there if you want. Yeah. But it looked like fun. It would be cool. It's just something different, eh? Hey? Mm. And it's just playing with your body the whole time because you're kind of just getting into one rhythm and then you're moving and you're yep. moving and... Get pretty hard to keep that swimming going after you know five or six coming off. The and six hundred meters in. is a killer distance, eh? Because yeah. it's a smackdown distance, isn't it? Yeah. You get off the bike, or you get out of the run, you're on straight into water, and you go smackdown. That'd be great. Oh yeah. We it's should nice do work. it. Maybe we should do it instead of having John's triple T. John's triple T only happened once. <laughs> what happened to John's triple T? Letworth, wasn't it? It was his yeah, fault. Yeah. <laughs> People took it too seriously. Holy hammer. <laughs> Did a bit of cheating. <laughs> okay, so what do we got on? We got on Hot Topic of the Week. So the Hot Topic of the Week last week was, it was sent through from Kevin Brock. Oh, Kev Brock, and he said, if Felix was going to put a million dollars on for the winner of Barcelona, I kind of exaggerated his email a little bit, but made yeah. it, yeah. And paid really deep. Would the top pros go to Kona? Or would they go to Barcelona? And just so that if there is any confusion here, there is not a million dollars on offer at Barcelona. If some people thought that, this is if there was, I had a look at the prize money. I think it's eight thousand, uh, eight thousand euro for first, and it goes down to tenth. And so I guess first at Barcelona, it's probably about the same sort of money. What do you want in Europe in uh, a WTC? Oh, it'd be pretty comparable to that. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe a little bit more. Um, but the big the big ones have, have more. You know, Ironman Germany. Um, well, I'd say that ten, you know tenth place in Kona is probably equivalent to a bit to winning a, a challenge race. One thing the challenge races do do that WC don't seem to do. Well, not in every race is they do pay a lot more appearance fees, don't they? Mm. They actually pay to get the pros here. Mm. Okay, so uh, would you come up, with John? Jared, the terrorizer Smith. Ah, oh, here we go. Second tier pros would go to Barcelona for the payday. Top pros would be split. Some would choose the dollars at Barcelona and some would chase the world champion title in Kona. Sponsors would probably also have a say where their athletes went. Oh, yeah. good old Rod Hobb. Money wins every time. The pros would go in droves to Barcelona. They should even put it on, on principle just to send shockwaves through WTC to force them to the 21st century pierce. I can't wait to hear John's talk about this as it will be the next best thing to a good old weekly rant. <laughs> Why won't let you down? Don't let us down. Nick, the old Trijuice Morales... Um, an Ironman World Championship title is prestigious, but the money in Kona, is, Kona isn't nearly as good as what they can make in one day of short course racing at Des Moines where they get 200000 for first, or in Barcelona if that was the case. Winning the race in Barcelona if the prize was a million dollars wouldn't be as prestigious as Kona, but whoever won would be set for life. They would get their 15 seconds of fame and a bit more, but it would be like, um, be like the coverage they would get if they did win an Ironman World Championship title. I would say it depends on what the pros are looking for, the glory or a chance to um, set for life financially. Cool. Can, can a standard with a 30-year history be changed with a million-dollar prize purse? Probably not. Mm, well, this is interesting. Tom, good old Debeck. Um, top many pros, many top pros would go to Barcelona, possibly all the top contenders too. Kona would lose a lot of prestiges. The winner would be known as the guy who won when nobody was there. That's an interesting one, like it did in the 80s. Remember mm-hmm. Tinder won one because yeah. it was, they had the two in the year? WTC would be forced to up the payout to equal Barcelona, otherwise Kona would lose its luster. It's only Kona because the top pros are going there to fight it out. Mm, that's interesting. Uh, with guys like Crowe, Henning, Lanos, Mecca, Stadler, etc. going to Barcelona, Kona would become just another Ironman. WTC can't afford to let this happen, so they have to get to match the purse, and now all of a sudden Felix is in trouble because he is competing, committing to pay out his money, and only a second tier pros turn up. He's mm. not yet. He hasn't, yeah, he hasn't yeah. committed to it. Yeah. Um, would, he's saying this would be even cooler than Mecca versus Norman. Mm, nice, David Hill. I think WTC would have to respond in some way. The danger is uh, the danger to them is if Crowe, Mecca, Chrissy, etc., go to Barcelona, it would start to seriously array the esteem that Kona has. WTC would have to do something to stop that happening. If you win at the World Champs without those guys there, what exactly does it mean? The World Champs Kona need to be the best in the world, otherwise it's just another race. And who can blame the pros for wanting to shot at a million? They aren't charities, it's their career. 
Okay, well, lastly, good old Andrew. Uh, it would be better to go to Kona as the money you get from sponsorship would be more than prize money, and it sounds cool to say you are the world champ. Matt Denton, if you want to pop down here to Christchurch and uh, get a real proper rant in the face, you come and uh, check it out, eh? No, he's got, John's sure. rant haven't been worth the billing. You, you, you over-deliver, John. I mean, you over-promise and under-deliver. That's your problem. I can see that the fire is there and certainly wouldn't want to cross him, but I think there's room for improvement. So he's having a rant about your rents. Maybe it's going to take everyone having to pay a fee to WTC to use the word triathlon. Oh, that would get your rent. <laughs> or even to hold a three-sport event to really get John going. For now, I can only hope that someone calls him out on his complaining about getting attacked by little booties while on the bike. That usually works. <laughs> You come down here. You come down here this time of the year. Smack down. And you ride to, to Hamner with me. 145k. We'll do a 300k ride actually. Okay. We'll ride to Hamner and back. In one day? In one day. Yep. And uh, we'll see if you think the same about magpies after doing that ride, eh? Hey? Yeah, yeah, hey? yeah, yeah. You want to rent with John? Yeah. Skin the gloves out. Yeah. Used to be a boxer, didn't you? That's right. Yeah. And a wrestler. Black belt. Yeah. <laughs> Black belt unboxing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love your work. Okay, John, what are you thinking? So I'm thinking that it would be fantastic if this happened, and I agree with a number of people that made the comments here that WTC would have to do something. Yeah, they'd have to match it, eh? Yeah, so it wouldn't be the prestige. You know, I think you'd, you'd go and win this race, and um, you'd get a fantastic payday, but nobody would remember further down the track. I mean, well, it depends if it was an ongoing thing. Like, if, if, if Barcelona every year challenged Kona, and it's like, yep, you put money up, we put, you know, if it became... Obviously, it's an unrealistic world, but mm. if they were to do that, you know, 10 years down the track, it has a history. Yeah, I might have to build that history, but like Des Moines, I mean, I, get, I bet there's a lot of people who would not be able to tell you who won the last few Des Moines races where there's... Uh, can you? Because you're pretty good at that stuff. I can, actually. <laughs> I can. It was uh, Whitfield won this year, and then Rasmus Henning won two years in a row, and prior to that, I think it was probably Greg Bennett. But, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. I think, I think the majority of the pros would go and race for money. And if they didn't, I think they'd be pretty foolish because they're. But what about Melina's argument? Because remember, it's epic. We're talking to Melina, who's talking about Bennett and saying how Bennett's never really won Ironman and he doesn't really appreciate Ironman. And Melina was saying, well, one thing that Bennett doesn't really give to credit then, because he's talking about the difference of the pay scales, is the prestige you get with Ironman long term. Yeah, yeah, I agree that you would get more prestige, but you've got to make a living, you know? I mean, Yeah, I, I do agree, because you, you look at someone like Thomas Hellriegel, and he's one I man, he's been an elite athlete, but I don't know if he's necessarily been financially set up by that. Yeah. Well, he may have to a point, but it's not like it's, it's he's set up for ever, ever a million dollars worth, hmm. if you know what I mean. So, so I, th- I think um, if, it was, if it was not that much, you know, if Kona, if you won 500,000 versus a million somewhere, I'd say, oh, that could, you know, you could, in terms of the endorsements and the longevity yep. of that Kona title, it might sort of swing around, but I think the prize money at Kona, I think at the moment is a hundred or one hundred fifty thousand yeah. yep. versus a million. It's I know what I'd be doing if I was racing pro. I'd be straight over to Barcelona. I think that the, the other thing there is if if they made it deep as well, that's what would get yeah, all the that's guys what would get there. over there. You know, because the reality is, is probably only five or six guys who can, can win Kona. Yeah, and everybody else, mate, who knows who got second, third, fourth in Kona. But, but I think the thing is, is in our little world. Um, winning Kona is a prestigious thing, but for the people who watch it on bloody ESPN in America, they don't know who wins it, you know mm. what I mean? And so the guy, let's say they do have that year, you know, let's say all the top people went over and some peasant did a nine hour and, you know, you know yep. winning it. They'll be a superstar, you know, they'll get, because Joe Public doesn't know that, you yeah, know, and the yeah. profile that WTC has in the American market is so massive that. The WCTC could probably put out a product and not even mention the fact that all the pros are overseas, or they wouldn't. And I just think it'd be fantastic. <laughs> it would just be such a political. It would be good for the fight. sport, and and WTC would have to match. They might not be able to match it, but they would have to do something. Oh, I'm sure they could probably match it. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah I'm sure so. making more. It'd be great anyway, but I think we. Um, well, who knows? Might happen. I think in the current financial climate, it could, it wouldn't. But um, I think if, I think what's really interesting is to watch to see how challenge really attack. WTC, like they're obviously trying to build their world outside of America, mm. but it'll be interesting to see the long-term strategy and how they, you know, because obviously, you know, becoming a competitor and mm. and challenge seem to be able to put on races and fill them up, mm. whereas most other races out there, long distance races, are kind of smaller events yeah. that don't really get the numbers. Whereas challenge is the only person who I can see in the long term being a challenger. So, it's, I think it's, it's good for the sport. Exciting times ahead, Bevan. Yeah, it sure is, matey potato. Right, let's chuck on some music. No, hold on. What are we doing this week? Oh, what are we doing this week, John? This week, we are doing... Oh, our f- top five list! 
five things you to get John and Bevan to do in Kona. Okay, so you, you oh, this could be dangerous. Wait, do we get to choose? We get to choose. Like oh, we'll, we'll, <laughs> you guys put up a whole bunch of selections, and we'll, uh, we'll 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 be a little bit adventurous. But I'm not doing running in a g-string um, unless, unless somebody pays thousand dollars at US. <laughs> no, not US. Direct into my <laughs> bank account. <laughs> not US. And that has to be matched by thousand dollars to a charity as well. No, no, so now no, it's gone no, up. John. No, you're losing your credibility. The goalposts yeah. have just moved. No, John. No, if someone comes up with thousand dollars New Zealand, he's doing it. <laughs> so, I think we should do the Andy Rumba. Go on, John. You go to the pool in your speedos every day of the week. What's the difference? I don't know. I'll get we'll you some see. flash undies. We'll see. We'll see what people come up with. You, John, I'm going to get a bit personal here. Are you one of those guys who keeps the same undies for 20 years? No. Do, do you not? You no, don't, I don't. Do you, no, because, you know, like guys hold on to their undies forever, you know what I mean? And it's no, a I don't them. know what you mean. Uh, well, well, some guys do. You know, they don't, you, I think you're out on your own there, Bevan. Well, okay, I'll admit it. I'll keep my undies for a long time. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah, you're yeah. not backing me up here. Yeah, well, you wear a pair of those 20... If you get one of your 20-year-old pairs of undies... I haven't got 20-year-old pair of undies, but admittedly, I'll probably update them every two years, but it's normally because my partner tells me I have to. Yeah. Is that the same with you? Uh, mine usually just rip or something. I let up something. <laughs> no, don't rip with the new John. Let's put it that way. I'm I think you're not being honest to me. Right, okay, let's move on. Okay, here's some music. Here we go. Scribber of the week. And good old Peter Tinhall sent through this one, and a guy called Matt Mong. And good old John gave me an email. He knew I was coming back from Australia today, <laughs> and he knew that I pretty much had ten minutes to prep for the show. And he just said, "Hey Bev, all I want you to do is to read the report on the age group of the week." I thought, that's, that's really nice of you, mate, because you know I'm pretty busy at the moment. Life's pretty busy, and and I go on the page and I start reading. I think this is pretty sweet. And at the bottom of the page, I realise there's another. 13 pages to read. <laughs> <laughs> so, so admittedly, I haven't done the best piece on this this guy, but one thing that is cool about the Runner's World kind of piece they have on them is they actually have a video piece, and I watched most of the videos. I've got about 20, 30 minutes of, or probably 20 minutes of footage here of him, and basically the guy's name is Matt Long. And Matt Long is one of those guys who's always been an athlete. He's done a lot of training mm-hmm. over the years. He's done some marathons. He's done a sub-11. He's done uh, Ironman, 11-hour Ironman. Yeah, and he's done a sub-3-hour marathon. So he's a pretty decent athlete. And a few years ago, there was a strike on in the New York City. And I think, like the, for example, the trains were down. Everything stopped. Yeah. yeah, and there was a three-day strike. And so he decided to ride to work. And in the process of riding to work, he had an accident and pretty much screwed himself. Got crushed himself. and was basically one of those stories where he was pretty much on, went to hospital. Everybody thought he was going to die. Massive, massive bleeding. I think he, he got crushed by something and I think his, his foot got completely munted up and got a whole bunch of titanium put in there. So basically a very bad accident, 5% chance of living, huge amount of rehab and ongoing you know I, I saw the YouTube clip and he really struggles to actually run yeah, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's really limping well, on, on, the, on the clip it was saying how when he first started running it took him six months to run a mile to wow. build up to a mile Yeah, and, and what was really cool without having an interview with him he was saying you know I'm an athlete that's what I do you know and as an athlete I'm not going to stop I've got to find ways to have those challenges still and so and he was saying yeah it took him six months to run a mile and then he's just been building and building and building and um, he kept on building to the point where in Lake Placid this year he managed to finish with two minutes to spare. That's right. So if we've got a, a YouTube clip. You can go on there and you can see him coming through the finishing shoot. And, uh, yeah, it looked like a very solid long day at the office, but he, well, he got there. I find it really fascinating in that situation. You know, obviously this guy's overcome so much adversity to get to that point. But it wasn't a given. You know, like obviously doing a seven-hour Ironman, 17-hour, I should say, Ironman, was... You know, it still wasn't a given, and yeah. there would have been points in those last few hours where he would have had to push really hard just yeah. to scrape in. And so, yeah. the mental toughness to get through that, you know, it just shows so much strength, doesn't it? It's very solid. Yeah. So, so. You go to, there's a big, yeah, as Bevan said, there's a big article on runnersworld.com. It is about 13, 14 pages, but quite an in- inspirational story. As Bevan said, there's a there's a clip up there as well, and there's a YouTube clip of him finishing in uh, Lake Placid. What I want to know, Bevan, is the person that finished one one place behind him, on the, I don't know if you watched a YouTube clip or not, I'm convinced they I came haven't. in at 17 hours and one second. I want to know if they, got, they gave, oh. him, uh, gave him uh, an official That's finish That's almost be a discussion of the week. Oh, I don't know. 17 and one second, do you give yeah, it to them? I'm sure they probably did, but uh, I'm sure he missed out by one or two seconds. Oh, let's check that out. Cut him from the results. Cut him from the results. One second. Well, good old Tim, man. We gave him the, the nickname. No, Daddy. no, 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 no. You... 
Yeah, this was one of your nicknames. I gave him the nickname Daddy Death, and admittedly, his young children don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, but I kind of meant it as a, like, you know, like a destroyer of competitors. Well, destroyer of his children. Yeah, well, he did, yeah, so he said it's too morbid. So how about the Tin Man? Tin Man. Yeah, because what was the Tin Man needed a heart, didn't he? It was courage. No, the lion needed a heart. Tin Man needed... Have you not seen The Wizard of Oz? I have, but I'm, I'm not quite back in that stage of my life yet. Well, you've got kids. I'm a, I'm a, it's coming up, yeah, mate. It's coming, it's coming up. up pretty soon. Annie is the favourite. Annie. Oh, that's a pretty good movie. Annie. Tomorrow. That's what Tom says. Anyway, Matt Long. You are our age group of the week. week. One, two, three, four, half five. And good old Romeo. Romeo Neil Skulls. Now, what we've got to say before we start this is it's a high team. Let's make that font a bit bigger before we we kick things off. But the the views of our listeners are not always the views of Bevan and myself. And I disagree with a couple of the points in here, but I I haven't read this, so I could be shocked and dismayed. You guys contribute to the show, and we're happy to have your points of view. Because it is your show. It is, that's right. Yep. Do you want me to go first? I'll go first. You can, uh, <laughs> oh, you swine. Yep, got it. Number, number one. It's a uh, um, proper t-shirt or triathlon t-shirt Wait, so, etiquette. So what, what do you mean? What's it about? Well, it's, it's about um, what you can do with your race t-shirts. Do's and don'ts. Oh, okay. Etiquette. So you've, you've done a race. You get the t-shirt. Yeah. What are you going to do, do with it? Okay, great. Number one. A shirt can, cannot be worn unless the wearer has participated in the event. No exceptions. Volunteers and partners, if you want to do the t-shirt, do the race. John, I have an issue with this one. So do I. <laughs> it's not a good start, Neil. <laughs> okay, tell me your issue. I give all my t-shirts to my dad. Oh. So not can... all, but a big proportion of them. Yeah, but you keep your sub nine. Yeah, well, that, well, my sub nine. That's another point. That's that's point. <laughs> Extra point, actually. Give me the pen. I remembered that when I was writing today. <laughs> well, the thing is, is I did Wanaka and I only did the marathon, but I got the the t-shirts that I've done yeah. full race. Should yeah. I wear that? No, I don't think so. Oh, really? Because yeah. it's quite a nice t-shirt. Yeah, so that's a giveaway. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Any race shirt less than uh, the event distance should not be worn at that event. Oh, see, there you go. This means no wearing of sprint ties. T-shirts at Ironman events simply does not represent a high enough cool factor and sends a red flag regarding your rookiness. <laughs> it's like taking a knife to a gunfight. Exception could be the oldest race T-shirt from the Ironman World Championships or way back when you were young. Mm. That's probably pretty cool. I used to have I had my, I had my 1996 World Champs T-shirt from Cleveland, Ohio, for a long time. Did you wear it for it, a long time? Yeah. So it's like the dirty undies, isn't it? Like I think the old only, undies. Yeah, I only purged it when we moved to our new house, so that was the really? start of this year. Oh, you shouldn't have purged that. Yeah, I, I, may, I may not have purged that. Yeah, yeah, you told Belinda you did, didn't you? I've got my secret box sitting in the garage. <laughs> it could still be in there. Okay, number, number three. three uh, when you're returning to a race which you have pre- previously finished, then wear the shirt from the first year you completed Oh, I like that. I like that. So you show you're a bit of a veteran. Okay, never wear a race shirt number four. Never wear a race event shirt for the same race you're about to do. Wear a t-shirt of the race while currently running it is discouraged. Oh, okay. It's like being at work and constantly announcing, I'm at work. Mm. <laughs> is that contradict number three or not? No, no, because he's saying don't actually wear it in the race. Okay. So if you get the Iron Man t-shirt before the race yeah. don't then do the run with your Iron Man t-shirt right. on it yeah yep. Mm. Uh, never wear number five never wear a shirt that from a run that you did not finish um, to wear a race shirt is to say I finished it however okay. if you DNF'd oh. you cannot wear the sh- race shirt unless, that, that, unless you put DN, the letters DNF on the shirt in question <laughs> I think the thing is do they give you the shirt if you don't finish don't know I don't think an Ironman you do yeah perhaps an Ironman they don't because I don't think you get your medal but a lot of uh, a lot of races, you get your race T-shirt before the yeah, race. It's not, it's not actually yeah. finishes T-shirt. Okay, no souvenir shirts. Therefore, friends or anyone else not associated with the race may not wear the race shirt. If your mum thinks that your Challenge Wanaka shirt is lovely, tell her to race Challenge Wanaka herself and send her an application early for next year so she can get earn her own shirt. A downside to this, she still has plenty of time to write you out of her will and between her training runs and the big race. Note that your mum can wear your finish a shirt under one of these four conditions one you still live with your mother which can be a little bit sad number two she funded your trip to the race fair enough three mm. she recently bailed you out of jail number four all of the above that's pretty harsh yeah. <laughs> no souvenir t-shirts yeah see that's what I found frustrating about Coda is because they give you the cheap ass finishes t-shirt don't they you get, they even give you a t-shirt no you oh I got one and yeah. I got medium and honestly it was a tent first of all it was yeah. so big and it was cheap old cotton 
really bad design. So you get this cheap-ass finishes one, but you walk into this area where they're selling yeah. the tops, yeah. and suddenly beautiful fitting yeah. tops, and you think, really? See, I've got a kind of finishes top, but I have a feeling I bought it. Well, I did get a finishes one, mm. at the, but yeah, it was horrible. It was honestly, it was yeah. pointless. Number seven, always wear the race shirt of your last race at the current race's pre-race briefing. Ooh. More recent the race, the better. This is a good conversation starter. Oh, However, avoid nice. the temp- tendency to explain how that this was a training run for this and this was a training run for the next <laughs> one, etc. It sounds like you're rationalising from mediocre performances. Nice. Sometimes it's best to live in the here and now in the moment okay number eight never wear a t-shirt that vastly outclasses the event you're competing in like wearing your IM Hawaii finisher shirt to a local sprint try it's like taking a gun to a knife fight I think you're a bit of a know-it-all oh, come on we've all done a bit of that haven't we come on John it depends if you're trying to intimidate have you worn the Ironman top to a race no, come on I know you have I know you have righty high number nine all children oh. can wear hand-me-down race finishes Shirts for races that you've run in. Okay. When they're asked, did you do the Hawaii Ironman? They can proudly respond, but no, my daddy did. Beautiful. If your, kid's, uh, if your kid is put up with you being out, being a triathlete and all the training, they have rights too. They're put up with a lot of crap. Okay, this is gold. Number 10, it's a biggie. This one's a big one. Never wear a shirt that is old, thin, or bare thread, uh, thread bare that you can see the colour of your nipples or chest hair through. John? It's an exception for you. It doesn't have to be that thin for that him to be. <laughs> it seems to be a bit of a guy thing, especially an old runner guy thing. Here's the test. If you're too scared to wash machine your original Mission Beach shirt for fear of wafting it down the drain as a subatomic particles, then it's probably too transparent to be worn in public. Better yet, have it sewn into a quilt. Oh, that's an, didn't someone do that? No, this, this, yeah, this was him. Oh, that was him. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, uh, yeah, Juliet did it, yep. or the mother or something did it. Yep. Yeah, uh, see the representative backlit on I am talk. You can then sit down on your couch and read copies of the triathlete with a warm glass of milk. Right. He's got a bit of he's got a bit of a living, hasn't he? Finally, t-shirts must be used sensitively. 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 Don't be a t-shirt terrorist. Follow proper t-shirt etiquette to do all your part for world peace. Do you have any other tips to that? I have got a couple of tips. For race organisers, if you're going to do a t-shirt, do a do a decent t-shirt as you as we both said. You've got to have a t-shirt. Get some it's, actually, it's actually marketing too because if, oh, if it's you're in community marketing, yeah, and it's good for your sponsors. You can say right, everybody's getting a t-shirt, yep. but if you're going to do that, you've got to have a t-shirt. People are going to wear. I've had some shockers. Yeah, I remember the worst one I ever got was when I made my comeback to triathlon in the UK. I hadn't done anything for two years. Decided to do a half Ironman at uh, Lake Barla. And they gave us a bright, you know, bright, bright yellow <laughs> polo shirt with a nice little red emblem on it. It was disgusting. And it was sort of dry fit, so it wasn't even any good for a bloody bike rag. It was terrible. So that's point number one, and this is my second point. Um, this may be the longest high five of all time. It could, could be. Second point is race organisers, if you have a sub-nine-hour T-shirt, please only give it to <laughs> sub-nine-hour sub nine athletes. Gee, I wonder where that come, came from. Well, so funny thing is, should you wear your t-shirt to parties? Because I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. And, no, no, but wait, this is a good story. So I met this party a few years ago with this other Iron Man athlete, who you know, and I'll tell you later yeah. on. I'm guessing <laughs> I know who it is. And they turned up at this party, you know, I said the night party, yeah. and they're wearing an Iron Man finishes t-shirt. And obviously, it's the way they get the conversation started about yeah. I met him. And so we're sitting together, and we're standing together, and this girl comes in, and admittedly, she was pretty hot. And she goes, oh, you do Iron Man? And she goes, tell me about that. And I go, oh, it's just some training. Anyway, what have you been up to? And I, I ruined his night, because it was obviously a setup. Look, he did, yeah. Yeah, so... Hmm. Yeah, no, you don't wear finishes T-shirts uh, to, to parties. parties. No. It's not etiquette. Not, not a good etiquette. Okay, John. There we go. That was the longest high five of all time. It was good. Thank you, Neil. Yep. And Romeo. Romeo. Here is Juliet. Good. She good? Yep. They're racing uh, this weekend. Oh, really? Good luck. Mm. Dominate. The dojo. We haven't mm. seen that in a while, have we? No. We had some new sayings. We had lots of sayings in the past. My bad. We're... <laughs> <laughs> I got the red face happening there, Matt. You would have loved it. Okay, here we go. Here's the music. Website of the week. Oh, and a couple of things. We did a website a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> didn't oh. really do our peas. Well, no, well, the website didn't say it wasn't our bad. But when we're talking about... Shut up. 
<laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> the thing is, you, you, it's your fault. Because I why never you, said why, it. Why don't you say it's my fault? It's not. Or it's my fault. No, fault. no, no. But it's your fault. I say my bad. Oh, because the thing is, I've never said it in my life. Yeah. And then because you said it a few weeks ago, it's when you saying. And so it's your bad. It's not cool. It's not cool. <laughs> you can always say my bad. <laughs> okay, so we did a few website a few weeks ago about there was uh, Sheldon so, Brown sort of cycling gear ratios, yeah, and, and we're so talking on. about that guy, and he was a pretty out there looking character, and sadly he'd actually died last year, mm. and um, and, and it was just kind of sad that he died, and, and he was a bit of a bit of eccentric character, a bit. Yeah, but it's great. There's websites still up there, so I mean, um, people hopefully they'll they'll. He's just a bit of a legacy, out. hasn't he? Yeah. Hopefully yeah. people will leave it up. There's still a ton of information and it's still relevant. So if you want to get that website, it's from a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. So we so have got another Apology if we offended anybody we didn't know. Well, we, we yeah, we didn't. Mm. And I think he knew he was an essential character in his life. You mm. know, he wasn't trying to be the norm, was he? Yeah. No, and I think he took pride in it. Anyway, Ali Hollington, who we love. She sent through a triple whammy. A triple whammy. Where do we start, John? Do you want to start right, with start with this one. Ironmate.co.uk. So this guy's done like 22 Ironmen. He's done two double Ironmans, a triple Ironman over 70 marathons. This guy must have sore legs. Mark Cleanhouse is his name. Yep. So obviously based in the UK, uh, looks like he does a bit of coaching, but there was some really good, there's just, just a bunch of tips on here, which I thought was really good. So like Gordo was like in his day. specific. Okay. We, had, we had a question on this a couple of weeks ago, and I wasn't particularly sure on how to answer it. Click it. Have you yeah, I have it. It's coming. It's coming, coming. Yeah. So you've got like some female-specific tips. Um, we had somebody asking a couple of weeks ago about um, about pregnant um, coming back from pregnancy. Okay, pregnancy information. Um, and he's got a whole bunch of tips up there. So a whole bunch of female-specific. Uh, there was more tips than that when I looked at it. Okay, well let's say anyway, we're having problems. You go, we're having problems. Um, Bevan's navigational skills. He's done so pretty well to get the Iron Man in there without breaking the rules, hasn't he? Look yeah. at that. Yeah. So really the reason why we're having it as website of the week and the reason why Ali suggested it is it's got a bunch of information, nutritional information, female specific information. I'm loving that he knows about menopause. <clears throat> yeah. 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 So it's it's got a whole bunch of things. Like for menopause, for example, he's got what you can do for your nutrition, what to do about alcohol, bone density, caffeine, calcium, cholesterol, fat, meat, sodium. So yeah. Injury prevention tips. This is a guy who's just been out trucking and doing it forever, right? Hmm. You know, he's picking up lots of tips along the way. And he's obviously got a coaching business as well, so there's probably a, an add-on there as well. But um, by all means, check it out. It's got some good tips. Ironmate.co.uk. Check it out. We'll check that on www.iamtalk.me this week. Bobby'sRun.co.uk as well. A lot of people may have heard of this guy. Um, Bobby is a guy that has uh, run across America. He won the, the race across America. He did uh, oh, man, run, crazy, yeah. run across Australia. And he's also done a Decker Man. So he's got a few books on there as well um, that sound really interesting. He's recently got a, uh, a DVD up there as well about Was that the guy who we read, read about Decker Man a, few, a while ago? No, it wasn't. Oh. No. But he said that Decker Man just about bloody killed him. And really? it took him a long, long time to, to recover from it. And he actually found out he had some nutritional nutritional issues. Um, I'm not sure if it was um, celiacs or something like that. I don't know. We maybe we should try to get this guy on the show one day. I don't care to do that, but I'd no, love to know where they go mind wise in that place. Yeah, if you know what I mean. Like a, a, the mental level must just be crazy. Well, if you read, it, he's got about um, Bob, and uh, you can read in there about uh, about sort of his background, and you can sort of I only very much skim read it, but he sort of sounded like quite a shy sort of guy and um, yep. and maybe this was his, his sort of gave him his identity I guess but he's now planning a run across Russia wow so there's another interesting one to do so good website some funny reading on there he's got a few things that he's selling and he looks like he's got a few new adventures for you guys and he actually has a report so if you want to look at what he did you know, across America and he's got his daily diary and stuff it's a long way 3,100 miles mm. and in case John that is um, around about, about four thousand, about five thousand miles. miles. Yeah, yeah. Just got that on top of my head. Yeah, just off yeah. the top of my head. <laughs> so there we go. That's another one. Um, and then lastly, Bobby'sRun.co.uk. Lastly, just a New Zealand one. Hawke's Bay Multi Sport and oh, Triathlon beautiful. Club. HBMSC.org.nz. Um, they run a bunch of races up there. They're the best run triathlon club in New Zealand in terms of revenue. They've got big turnover. So lots why, of why are they so good? What makes a good triathlon club, John? Well, they've got exclusivity on running events, so they can. They've got a huge turnover because what do you mean? they run all the events in Hawke's Bay and they've sort of set it up and it's their patch. And if people want to try to bust in there, it's very, very difficult. It's kind of like to gang wars, there. isn't it? Well, it is. They come in and say, "Hey, we're the locals." Yeah, they've got one got one lady. A v. Got one lady who basically does everything, and she's a machine. What's her name? Let's give her some love. 
Oh, John, you've got to know this because you're in the industry. Jeanette, Jeanette Cooper, there we go. Yep. Got it. And uh, and she runs all the races. She does this traffic management, so they keep their costs down. But they've got great turnover and big turnout at their races. So if you're in that Hawke's Bay region, hbmsc.org.nz. Nice. Is this a coach's corner or questions and answers? Uh, then we're going on to questions now. But do you have a coach's corner? No, I don't. Okay, questions and answers. Okay, good old John. Just John? J-O-N. Where's the H? Where's the H? Well, it's, it's, you can do it both ways. It was probably a short Jonathan. Really? I don't know. Yeah. Still loving the show. That's what I love. But didn't know if you heard of this. We've got quite a few emails about this, didn't quite we? Quite a few emails. Yeah, Eddie Izzard. Now, Eddie Izzard, have you seen him as those comedian stuff? I haven't, no. He's, he's, pretty, he's actually really funny. He's a stand-up comedian. He's, he's a bit crass, but on edge. Mm. And... He's quite famous in the UK. He's actually pretty popular in America as well. And he's cross-dressing. When he first started out, that's how he kind of you know, yeah. separated himself from the rest of the field. And he decided to, to run 43 marathons in 51 days for charity. And just after five weeks of training, his first marathon took him 10 hours. And by the end of it, he was down to five hours. And uh, what do you think? It's pretty solid. For a non-athlete to go and do that, and we, you, the thing with these these long distance races, I think it, it suits, a, it, suits, yeah. suits a certain person in terms of mindset. If you can get your mind around it and you can figure out how to just keep chugging away, you, you're onto it. But the difficulty is the logistics is, and the, the the shit that goes on with your feet, and yeah. that, that's the problems. And I was reading a skim read um, his report, and he was saying, you know. His feet were just blistering, and then he'd soak them in alcohol, and then that, that would be okay. But then they'd blister on blister, and you have new skin coming through, and that's the thing that's um, and you're keep most impressive. But to do 43 marathons in 51 days, we've heard about Dean Carnese's, but he's got a long history of doing yeah. ultra stuff. This guy doesn't have a history, so I thought it was an outstanding effort. Was it a good breed? I haven't had a chance to read it. Was it a good breed? I just skim read where he went, but basically did a, a circumnavigator the UK. He started... Um, Coming where he started, we basically went up through England, up through Wales, uh, up through Northern Ireland, back down through Scotland, and then all the way back down to London. So I, I like things like that. I like it things you know, like you're doing length of New Zealand next year. I like it when you've kind of at the end of it, you go, you know what, I've ran around the UK, or yeah. you know, I've ran New Zealand, or you know what, I've done. You know, it's kind of it, it's kind of one of those things where you just would never forget, eh? Yeah, yeah. So outstanding though. It's it's um I've forgotten the name of the charity. They do it every year in the UK, and they get lots of. Things like oh, it's like the guy did the row. Remember the guy did the row last yeah, year. Yeah, and he did um the row, and he to I can't remember what the buddy. He did a really good job of it. His website yeah. was amazing. Okay, then so then we've got another one here from Lewis. And how's that one? Shuba. Shuba. Yep. My question is for you or other listeners like this. I am working on doing three Ironman distance races this year. One is row. Two. Oh, he's done it. Yep. Two are in November, two weeks apart. Silverman, which I have completed, competed in. Twice already, so I have an idea of the effort involved, and I am in Arizona. My question is for people who have already done uh, done relatively close Ironmans like this. What successful recovery methods have you followed? So we've, we've sort of covered this a bit in the past. But um, what's the difference between Silverman and Silverman? Okay. Silverman is very difficult um, iron distance race, yeah. very slow by course, um, and just a tough, tough day. He's only got two week recovery. So. And Arizona is obviously the complete opposite, flat um, and uh, not not quite so challenging in terms of the terrain. So I think you know the critical things here is um, no matter what sort of racing you're doing, whether you're backing up a couple of Olympic distances, whether it's a couple of Ironmans, is having really solid post-race nutritional plans. So um, have it written down and have somebody really forcing on you as soon as you finish in terms of getting your nutrition right, getting your massage right, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, getting your compression, so either socks or tights, um, ice baths, but you've really got to get onto that as soon as you possibly can. And I guess the other critical thing um, with your, your Silverman race is if you can try to keep that nutrition going through all the way through the race if your stomach's handling it that's going to allow you to recover a little bit as well so yep. having a really solid immediate post-race um, plan is, is really important and then uh, having an active recovery week straight after Silverman so that means getting out and training the next day and having gentle training all the way through the week probably no running um, or very very limited running but swimming easy biking easy walking but you've got to keep going you can't let your body sort of shut down straight away so those are two normal ones um given you've only got two weeks you know you're probably not going to do any training of significance it's just going to be maintenance work if the races are a bit further apart you know say they're five to six weeks apart something like that um you probably should resume normal swimming and biking probably within about 10 days um but without the intensity just um getting your volume back up there and then probably a couple of weeks uh, down the track trying to get some quality sessions in there. 
And my suggestion in terms of doing these ones back-to-back, Silverman and Arizona, is probably to do a shorter taper into Silverman um, so you can you know, carry your fitness through a little bit, uh, a little bit easier. Otherwise, you're going to do a two-week taper and you have two weeks of easy training. That's sort of a four-week window there where you've done very little training. So probably a little bit of a shorter taper. And I'd put more eggs in the basket for Silverman and just have Arizona as a bit of backup. Oh, no, I'm curious for the people who actually do do two Ironman distant races close together, if both of them are an enjoyable experience. Like, I wonder if one, yeah. of, them, one of them kind of gets ruined by the other. If, yeah. like maybe some people give us feedback on this like when you've done two close together is it you know do you get to that point where what do you want to do I just want to write something down and remember it okay so if you do close to two together is it you know was it two really cool races and you love doing it or afterwards do you think ah oh, I probably wouldn't do that again yeah yeah. and you also just made a note there um, also did the yeah, nine, nine minute one, nine minute on one minute walk for a uh, for a half and set a personal record on the run. And we got some feedback on Tell from Hotel about that too, didn't we? Yeah, he's, uh, he's finding some progress. He's, he's a little bit unsure. Yeah. So he wants a bit more time with it. How are you finding it? Uh, I haven't been doing a lot of running to be honest. I'm oh, trying to crank up my biking a bit at the moment. Okay, nice. Okay, we've got another one here from Richard Boardman. Uh, Similar sort of thing. Um, he's got a marathon in a few weeks' time. And I'm looking to give this a good go based on the approach well, you've used for your oh, marathon. Um, a friend has persuaded me uh, to pace his wife around a 50-mile ultra three weeks later. I'm not the best at recovering from hard races and wonder what tips John might give to aid quick recovery. Pretty much the same as above. You really need to have that post-race recovery down pat. Is it different and, when you're doing just running? Uh, I'd, I'd probably say you do some easy biking and swimming in the, the week after the race and then get back into easy running. But don't need to worry about doing any intensity. But the critical thing is to keep your training going. And you'd still to do some running because you don't want oh, your body yeah. to, yeah. For, if you're backing it up with a running race, but I'd probably say to start with, um, give it a miss for you know five six days. Okay. We're catching up on questions, aren't we, John? Oh, that's what I thought. No, Coach's Corner, we did a big effort on Coach's Corner last week. Yeah. So oh, good, the, the hurt, Patrick Healy. You mentioned race wheels was ripped once again last week. I'm doing my first Ironman race next year and considering this option for my race, but my main concern is nothing new on race day for wheels is this something to worry about and that's a good question isn't it that's a good question so yeah you're right you don't want to be trying new things on race day but I don't know how long you hire those race wheels you must get for a week or so you you? you would so it'd be fine you don't need to race on race wheels but you need to do some do a little bit of training on them just so you get used to them and you may want to practice actually changing the tyre and stuff like that if you haven't done tubers if if you haven't done tubers before that's a good point Bevan Good backing up. Yeah. Like that. So answer the question is, uh, if you're renting race wheels, um, yeah, don't just put them on and race on, on race day. You need to have a couple of training rides. You don't need to do anything extensive long ones. But the main thing is, is if they're um, even remotely deep Just getting a feel for it, eh? Yeah. yeah you can get, if it's going to be windy as well, you just need to learn how to just control those. But a couple of rides is sufficient. And if you want to do a couple of rides, do it in unexposed areas. I mean exposed areas so you get that wind. Okay, good old James Botel. Uh, this year I did a half Ironman distance race in, uh, in mid-July and I'm planning to do a mid, uh, an Olympic mid-September in Washington, D.C. It's taken me a long time to refocus my training coming out of a race in July. I just had little or no motivation during the three to four weeks after the event. Some helpful history. My prep for the July race began in January, working on my limiters, which was swimming and run technique. Then a focused 16-week boiled up to the race. I'm planning the next year... And I would like to do two half Ironman distance races at similar times of the year, mid-July and mid-September. But I'm concerned about needing downtime between the events based on this year's experiences. Can John, or the coach, the coach, coach. suggest better event timing structures or ways to help bridge between two events to ensure that I am close to optimal performance at both? I really want to do both local events. I have unfinished business for the Muscle Man Try. Well, nice. I would love to do the WTC event. Pretty common problem. I was actually talking to um, somebody about this yesterday, sort of trying to plan your season. And the key thing is, is if you have a really long season, you've got to. Most people need to spice it up a little bit and have yeah. some breaks. And and just if you follow the same structure all the way through. So if you did a, say a sixteen week build up for one race, and then you did say another ten weeks of similar sort of training, makes for a long season. And, and it's also for those, those guys who do the same races every year. Mm. You know, you do you do your Ironman UK and you do the seventy point three, and you kind of just can get in the habit of just doing the same race five years in a row of just yep. doing the same races so a um, few tips for you um, you need to try to keep the training interesting so you need to structure your year appropriately um, it looks like you're pretty set on doing these two two halves which is perfectly fine but you just need to have a structure that's going to keep it enjoyable so I, I would suggest that for that first race you probably do a shorter build up say 10 to 12 weeks uh, over say doing say a 16 to 20 week build up um, why is that? Just because you because um, would you go as well with that much build up? Well, you, you, that, you, that, when I say um, a, that's a try specific build okay. up, 
prior to that, it's not like you're not doing anything, but you might say do a bike specific yeah. block. You so you're carrying carrying like your fitness through, and you know you, most people you want to be training, you know, say about good forty eight weeks of the year yeah. with, with good solid training, but you need to keep a bit of variability in there. So I would suggest that you know coming into spring, you probably have that period, um, spring period as a good bike focus period, and then say do a ten to twelve week build up for that race. Um, and I'd really suggest after that race um, again changing a little bit maybe do a couple of weeks where you just focus on a single sport yep. good time to do swimming when you're recovering from um, a race so maybe have a, a two week swim block and then um, build up and then build into your next race one thing that I really encourage a lot of people locally to do when they're coming off um, their first a race of the season for those two two following weeks is to have two weekends off training. Um, so train Monday to Friday, and this might you might be doing say a single discipline focus there, and then have two weekends completely off training where you can chill out and just sort of recharge your batteries a little bit rather than feeling you have to go out training all the time. Great. So you don't you know if it's middle of the season you probably want to avoid having too much time completely off. You wouldn't want to have say a two week break completely off. But by having the weekends off, it gives your mind more of a break than anything. Yeah, totally. Okay. Uh, good old Brian Wainwright. 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 I love the show. I had a question. I've been looking at aero wheels for my bike, but wondered if they would make much of a difference for speed for me. How fast do you need to be going to get the benefits to kick in? Would someone averaging around 18 miles an hour... What's that? What is that in kilometers? Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to say around 18s, probably about 28, 29. Yeah. Probably around 29. Uh, over an high man distance, uh, is there any real benefit from this? If you're going that sort of speed, you know, probably that's probably the... Borderline, isn't it? That's sort of yeah. the borderline. Yeah. If you're going any, any slower than that, um, you're not going to be getting money. a great deal of benefit out. If you've got lots of money, by all means, you're going to get a negligible benefit. Yeah. But yeah. if it's like a... You're tossing up saying, I'm really on a tight budget here. I think I need to get some race wheels. If you're going that speed, you're not going to get it. Not going to get it's once you go above 30, really, isn't it? Yeah, once yeah. you're above 30, then you're going to start to get some aerodynamic gains. The faster you go, the bigger the gains. Um, so that's what's unfair, really, isn't it? It is a bit. <laughs> <You> <laughs> know, the good opposite. guys get the advantage. Yeah. Hey. So uh, I'd say uh, if you've got budget, go and get them. But if you haven't, um, you're going to be just as good on a good, sturdy training wheel with good tyres good um, and good tubes in them. Yep. Great. Obviously, the difference there is if you've got a heavy, clunky set of wheels versus yeah, yeah. a race set of wheels, yeah. that weight gain is going to give you gain. But we're talking aerodynamics. Yeah, no, most wheels you get with your bike, you buy a pretty average. Yeah, you know, like, reasonable. you know, like you can pull them. But off. if you've been riding on them for a long time, and if you're a bigger person, you can break those wheels down pretty quickly. Um, but aerodynamically, at that speed, you're not going to be getting big gains. Okay, nice. Okay, sponsors. We've done pretty well. We pull off 52 minutes. Okay, athlinks.com. Now, what's this, John? Isn't that meant to be Coffees of Hawaii? It is meant to be Coffees okay, of so Hawaii. Okay, so athlinks.com. So, what's the gloss on athlinks.com, John? Well, if you want to do an IQ test, you click on that ad there. <laughs> <laughs> you hate me doing that, but I always do it. Just making you some money, boys. Yeah. Okay, so what do we want to talk about? I didn't have a plan of attack this well, week. Well, I'm going to go. I'm going to talk about. We're going to get um, a guy from Athens on in the next week or two. I've been meaning to actually um, get this get here. Up. I know. I've been a bit slack. Well, what you can do is you can go to your, you know, you go look. I live in Christchurch, and you can say I want to do some events in Christchurch, and so you go to the events calendar finder, mm. and what they do is so. For example, I've just done Christchurch New Zealand year 2008, so it's actually last year, so it wasn't obviously that clear, but. Um, it's got all the results. It's got all the, the results for all the area. Jeez, it's pretty good, isn't it? Where where that becomes um, useful is when you know a lot of the smaller races often don't get their race calendars updated. So you can think, right, the Canterbury Canterbury, my local triathlon club always runs an Olympic distance race around about this date. So you should yep. be able to pick pick the weekend of their race looking by um, by past results. Yeah, it's got all different types of races. Jeez, they pick up lots of races, don't they? Yeah. It does. It really does. And so if you're thinking of doing a race in your local area and you think of something maybe a little bit different or if you're trying to find a cycle race so jump on the Athlinks go onto their event calendar finder and just search your local area and you'll find that they'll probably got most of the events that are going to be happening in your area mm-hmm. and it's just a good gauge because it, it, you know what it's like trying to find races it can be a bit Mickey Mouse eh? it can be Yeah, so a lot of time on the net once again Athlinks just delivers on delivering and we want you guys to deliver if you haven't signed up already just sign up there it's very straightforward you can put as much detail or as little detail on there as, as you like obviously if you start adding uh you know, equipment and stuff. You go and draws to win, you know, spot prizes along the way as well. And uh, Jeez, they've got a lot of clubs nowadays, haven't they? Look at that. They've mm. got over 30 pages of clubs. Nice. So, so lots of triathlon clubs, lots of running clubs are getting into it, so it's all good. And remember, when you sign up on Athlinks, make sure you add I Am Talk as a friend, and uh, we want to get the numbers. And the good old so. triathlon club of San Diego, 
We saw you on Athletics. That's right. Yeah. I'm sure someone listens to the show. Okay, then. Coffees of Hawaii. Coffees of Hawaii is looking forward to being in Kona for a full force once again in October. And especially excited that John, that's you, that's me. and Bevan, that's me, will be there broadcasting as well. To spread the aloha spirit to those who can't attend the race, we've come up with a special that we hope will encourage all IM Talk listeners to place an order now so that they can have 100% Hawaiian coffee in hand while they're sitting in front of the computers all day on October the 10th. That would be quite nice. That would be quite because I have sat in front of my computer for the last put, two years. Put the heater on in your bedroom. Well, yeah. it depends where you are in the world. Yeah, well, no, it doesn't matter. There's not many places that are going to be as hot as Hawaii, so put the heater on in your room. Okay. Probably put a bit of, uh, get a kettle uh, jug boiling in the warmer to get in the corner to get that humidity I going. Think, yep. And then you can have your cup of ho- coffees of Hawaii. But, th- but this is sensational, John, because if your order sub- subtotal exceeds $50 after making an IM Talk discount of $20, 20% off, so you get a discount as well, yeah. then your shipping is free. This is an especially great idea for those IAM Talk listeners overseas. Especially, uh, simply enter the promo code free at checkout. It will give you a discount of 20% for obviously IAM Talk. Yep. And you get free shipping if it's more than $50. Yep. Coffees of Hawaii will be serving coffee on the water and on IAM Talk group rides in the King K. Why not at your house also? Someone's done some good writing here. Yep. This offer will be going through to the race day, October the 12th. So, guys, if you ever thought about getting Coffees of Hawaii, there's the shipping that's holding you back. You know, get on there, get on there. And if you're if you're not going to be able to get get through, you know, seventy bucks of coffee straight away or whatever, oh. it's a fantastic gift idea. Coffee. Oh, but, but people won't, people can't get it in the shops in most places. And the, for guys, because guys are hard to buy for. Mm. I know it's my theory, but it bloody works. Mm. Okay, trubbies.com. We need to sort out that ride, don't we? We need to sort out that that ride. I'm looking at getting that sorted out for Tuesday. We're just sort of arranging a few interviews now. I'm making a commitment. Maybe with people, I'm going to make the commitment. To make a banana cake. Okay. And you're going to do something as well, John. Okay. You're making that commitment too? Yep. Yep, yep, <laughs> I'll make that commitment. Because I'll do a pretty mean banana cake. Oh, yeah? Yep. So, got to have old bananas though. How you going to have to. Well, buy them when we first get there and you, you leave them out. Yep. Or you take them out of the peel and you squash them and leave them a few hours. And do you not know the tricks of the trade? I made a banana loaf last weekend actually. It was pretty tasty. Oh, so I don't do loaf. Yeah, yeah. Loaf's easy. How do you do yeah. loaf? I don't know how to do loaf in comparison to cake. It's basically the same. You just put it in a loaf tin. No, but it makes it more dense. Yeah. Don't know. I should follow the recipe. Okay, beautiful. Well, I'm on a, I'm on a tri-buys right now, John. I've got a clearance button on there. Lots I'm going there, John. I'm going. Office. So trybuys.com, we just talked about the shipping side of things for um, for, for coffees of why. If you want to get things shipped from tribuys, you spend over 500 bucks internationally, you get it shipped for free. Well, if you want to do buy a man triathlon body link trail runner by Timex, normally $350 US, $245. Nice. So now you go to the homepage of tribos.com, there's a clearance button there, click on that and it goes through to a number of clearance Oh, items. look at this one, John. Louis Gano, TT 8.8 carbon frame set, was 289, basically 29,000. <laughs> Does it make sense? Does yep. now? One, one. Four available only. That's the key. There are only limited, and there may be limited on size as well. Yeah. But that is amazing. That is amazing. Nice indoor trainer there, track uh, stand there for 249 bucks. Look at this. Mm. Frame size, 50 61% off. Good deal. You, you probably don't get those at wheels. Don't know. No, it's frame, frame only, I think. Yeah, it's frame only. Still. Nice, good deals there. That's pretty bloody good. Trybuys.com. We're also getting Cam is coming on the show. I emailed him today, actually, and he's going to be coming on the show in the next couple of weeks. Off to Interbike, so he might have a few uh, juicy gossip details. When we get what do you reckon your IQ is? I've got no idea. Because we, we clicked on the ad and it's doing the IQ tiz, yeah. quiz, I should say. And, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. I reckon yours would be really high. Bad thread. You're a triathlete. I don't know. I'm a triathlete too, so I must be high. Okay, bike juicies. Keep them, the orders coming in. Um, we've got the long, two long sleeve options. You've got the winter weight. You've got the summer weight. If you go to imtalk.me, um, there's a size chart on there and an order form. And when do we finish up? Uh, end of this month. Nice. Good week. So you got to... Um, what you know that? what you're doing. Okay. Oh, this week I got an email through from Jay. Now, did you see this, John? I didn't see the picture. No. Oh, where is it? Here it is. Good old Jay was good on roadcycling.co.nz, big cycling website in New Zealand. And his father won a bike, a BMC bike, pretty yeah. flash. Look at that flash BMC bike there. Nice. But look what old good old Jay's got on in the photo. Nice. I am talk jersey. And so we're going to put that photo up on www.iamtalk.me this week. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to steal the photo, but I'm going to anyway. And 
Love your work. Would have been better if it was an Avanti bike. No, I know you like your Avanti, John. That's yeah. cool. Um, good old, also Marco from Triathletes World Magazine sent us through some magazines. Yes, so cool. if you're in the UK and you haven't got your copy of uh, the Triathletes Runners World Magazine, it's a nice little three or four page spread on Bevan and John. Yeah, yeah it was pretty no cool. No pictures, though. I know. You got in there was oh, I was just top ten tips. I didn't do a top. She asked for top ten. I didn't get, didn't get off my ass to do it. Oh, so, so you can only blame yourself, John, can you? No, I can only blame myself. Yeah, I actually sat down and thought about it. Good. So were you happy with my tips? Yep. 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 I was elated with them. Did I say use a coach? I didn't even read. Didn't them. even read my tips, John. It's a love. Uh, one thing I want to know from listeners. Okay, here we go. This means a million emails for me this week. Go. Yep. Is whether there's been. Uh, any disqualifications oh, for the race families shoot. going down the race chute. I was just thinking about when I was riding today, I was thinking, why the hell don't they just have the race chute divided into two families? Or, yep. or you want to go down one side of families. Yep. If you want to be a selfish bastard like me, take the left and you just go down and, yep. and finish yourself. So I, I'd like to know whether that's really, really been enforced or not. Okay, beautiful. And anything else we need to if, talk if about? If we can have you know, maybe 200 emails <laughs> for that, that uh, would be great. I literally get, <clears throat> oh, I'd probably get 100 emails a day. Ah. I seriously do. Yeah, that's all bloody yeah, social networking. Hey, mate, I've got friends. <laughs> I've got friends. You've got, when you've got friends, John, you've got to hang out with your friends. Okay, John, what's been happening? I've been away for a week. What I've been in Australia in the sun in a fitness convention where I must say. A lot of fit people. It's a lot of fit people at a fitness convention. So what have you been doing while I've been away? Well, I had a busy week last week because the family was away. Oh, that's right. You had the week away. So did you catch up on everything? I was pretty full on. I was painting. I was uh, trying to ride my bike, and I was trying to get all my work done. Did and, you get all your work done? I got pretty close, but I um, had three good rides, so I was happy with that. <laughs> got the room painted, did four coats of paint, which is pretty four full Four coats? What did you do four? Well, I, had, I had to put a sealer on. It was over wallpaper, and it was a dark wallpaper, and we're painting it white. Uh, so it was, uh, had to, um, Does it look good now? It looks good. Thomas's room. Oh, good. And, yeah, you put uh, like a border for boys. No, we've got a few posters, a few, few uh, things on the walls. Okay. And other than that, uh, do you enjoy painting? Do you like do you, do you like being a handyman? Yeah, Belinda doesn't like being a handyman. Why well, you're not good at it? Not the best. Because uh. <laughs> normally the missus wants you to do the handyman yeah. work. Uh, no, f- the old uh, philinator says you know measure twice, cut once. I sort of <laughs> cut measure once. once and end up having to cut like three or four <laughs> times. It's not good. Uh, other than that, uh, we've had uh, new pool fence. I'm, I'm enjoying that. I'm getting a pool cover. And other than oh, that, when does the pool open? Pool to the public. Opening to the public <laughs> when they are brave enough to get in. Oh, is it pretty cold, is it? It's pretty cold. Uh, other than that, Kona's coming up, so we've got to get organised. It's a pretty exciting times. Well, I was in Australia for a fitness convention, and the fitness industry is a funny industry, John, because they like to train really hard, mm. but they also party really hard. And mm. on Saturday night, well, a few people got pretty drunk, and I basically became... Butt of the jokes? No, not the butt of the jokes. Bloody the mother of everyone. There's one guy who gets a bit violent, so I get to go put him to bed. And it was a bit of a, you know, starting to get a little bit aggro. So I'd say, "Come with me." You know, stand with distance a little bit because you're starting a few f words and chucking them at me. So I was, "Come on, mate!" And then someone else got got a little bit drunk and basically got naked in front of everyone. And not a good look. No, well, it wasn't a bad look actually. To be honest, John, it's a fitness industry convention, I must say. So a little bit of that, and then people were offering sexual behaviour to each other. It was it was a night to remember, John. Crazy world you live in. It's a crazy world I live in, but I survived. Mm. And then I had the 10K Challenge, challenge Cup. Oh, did you Look behind you, John. Look behind you. It's What's up there, mate? It hasn't been cleaned. <laughs> What's up there, John? Poxy trophy that's covered in yellow muck. Yep. Well, no, that's, that's, that's gold. Yeah. So... 10k race gave me, I gave so only two other people turned up L had five minute head start on me yeah Duncan slam I am mm-hmm. had a four minute head start yeah. off they went yeah took off into the distance couldn't see them John did you, cut the sh- did you cut the course again this year no 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 because I've done it a few times I know it now yeah so took off started I went too hard at the start to be honest I sprinted because yeah. I thought I'll yeah. sprint I'll catch yeah. them yeah. Yeah. couldn't see them thought I was going to lose oh, no. but then luckily about seven and a half k into the run Seven and a half K. Yeah, uh, maybe it was eight and a half. What are you doing, Slam? I am having a bloody <laughs> up and up. kick out there or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then what I did is I passed him, got about 50 metres in front and just cruised home. Oh, which would probably break his heart more, eh? Yeah, well, you better get your handicapping correct next time then, eh? Well, I thought that was pretty fair. And you should be catching them like close to the end day, yeah. 50 metres to go. That would have been pretty be exciting. Finish. But I have to admit, I was pretty happy that it was over. Good. Other than that, that's pretty much my life right now. Okay. Okay, anything else? 
No, we've just got to get organised for Kona. And we're going to have a ride, so the ride will be on Tuesday. Uh, oh, it is? When do we arrive? Tuesday We arrive Tuesday morning at about 8 o'clock. We've got our first interview at 11 o'clock. Keep us surprised who it is. We've got some good interviews coming, guys. But we are getting... I'm out. surprised that we're able to get that level. Yes. Um, we are going to struggle a bit in terms of getting some of the big guns because they have a sort of no interview policy in their week. Yeah. We'll still be able to talk to them at... Um, Places. Uh, the the media, um, media conference because we have got our accreditation. Have you got them? Uh, she said we're accredited. So what is it? We get like a pass? Yeah. But we're gonna we're gonna struggle with race day coverage because we can't do it, can we, John? We can't really do it, but we might. I've, I've got to talk to them, and then we might be able to accommodate something in there. But uh, oh, you reckon that will? Well, I don't know. She said, "Talk to me about options, and we'll see what we can do." Oh, really? That'd be cool. So WTC being accommodating, which is nice. Yep. And other than that, well, uh, we'll still do content. We just won't be able to release it on the day. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Other than that, we'll be back next week. Well, that's, that's kind of really radio-like. Yeah. We'll see you time, same bad channel. Okay, here we go. Iron Russ. Iron Russ. Iron Russ. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.